Euronisted Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Sympoesis, where we talk about art and environmentalism. And I am now on call to artist Deborah Kelly, who is best known for her work in college, but her works also include installation, events, and performances. And she is here with me today to talk about her latest project called Creation. It's a queer science fiction climate change religion that is set to counter climate crisis denial and capitalist greed. Deborah, do we have you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Where are we finding you this morning? I'm actually in Kurrurum on the south coast. Beautiful. Um, yes, it is very beautiful. I'm I'm only here by accident. I was just away for a couple of days when the lockdown was called. Mm. And so, so you decided to stay or was it the necessity? I decided to stay and it was kind of a necessity. Somebody's in my house. They're also trapped. Mm. So, and how, anyway. how did this last year and all the lockdown that we had and we were a bit more lucky than people in Melbourne, but how did it affect you and your uh, projects and uh, artistic pursuits? Well, to be honest, I spent the most of the year here in Kararam. I felt like I spent the whole time staring out the window and crying. Mm. Um, my dad was sick and I was trying really hard to get down to Melbourne to see him, which was impossible. Mm. Um, so, And I had this huge project that I kind of couldn't get going because so much of it was supposed to be built through long, complex, durational collaborative projects in various cities and so much of it had to be done online which was deeply unsatisfying mm. so I felt that I did nothing mm. and yet you did a lot because <laughs> I, I suppose you're talking about a project called creation is, is this the one you are referring to yes I am I was trying to get creation going and I felt that I couldn't make anything happen. But then I look at the work that's currently on display at the MCA in Sydney and I think, oh God, I wasn't just staring out the window. You sure wasn't. <laughs> so um, I described Turns this... out I was really busy. You Yes, it does appear that you were really busy and managed to overcome these lockdown issues and um, quietude imposed by COVID. I described this project shortly as a queer science fiction, climate change religion. And I'm just wondering if you could break this down for us a little. Why queer? Why science fiction? Why religion? In other words, what is creation? Okay, that's such an excellent and yet such an epic question. I guess I will start by explaining that I spent 13 years in a Catholic convent school. Mm. And so I was exposed from a very early age to the hideous distortions and despicable misogyny at the heart of that religion. And watching its weaponization of pious patriarchy um, really made me into a steadfast enemy of that church mm. and at the same time I'm very culturally Catholic or at least however much of an anti-Catholic I am 
And it has left me with an abiding kind of sense of the religious. A lot of my work addresses that religion. And I don't know if you've seen some earlier works like Beware of the God, where I projected the words Beware of the God onto clouds over Sydney Harbour. And I made a series of dossiers about the extremist Christian connections of a number of people in Parliament at that time, one of whom was the future Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, because this project was done in 2005. So I have been shouting at, kind of, or challenging religiosity with my work for many, many years. And it only dawned on me, I guess, in the last few years, how much I wished that there was something else. And partly also watching the fanatical devotion of followers of, for instance, Trump, but various climate change deniers, that kind of zealotry that they bring to the positions is religious it seems to me, in register. Mm. You know, it has that unwavering fanaticism and imperviousness to science or evidence. And I thought the climate movement or the movements around attempting to shift the way that our species inhabits this planet and destructive inhabitation of this planet. So much of our discourse is based on boring facts and, you know, accruals of evidence and scientific method, which kind of lacks a certain kind of hectic emotionalism. And I thought perhaps that's maybe something that we need to try to harness. Mm. That is zealotry, pageantry, beauty and pleasure and all of those things in the service of a collective resistance to the ongoing destruction of the planet and ongoing injustices. Mm, So in that way it's queer, I guess. Many of the people involved in the religion because it is obviously totally collaborative because I don't think any religion is a one-person project Um, but many of the people involved in it are LGBTQ and plus everything else and I guess we all bring to the work our own Uh, flavors of queerness, by which I mean in the broader sense a repudiation of heteronormativity and heteropatriarchy. So that's just to unpack the first word. (laughs) And then to science fiction. I'm a science fiction fanatic and I have been since I was a little girl. And I guess I want to say it's science fiction because it's there that we can imagine a world in which there is survival and possibility instead of the foreclosure of the future that is being presided over by our current leaders. Mm. 
So acts of radical imagination can be gathered under the heading science fiction, which is a very capacious heading, I think. Mm. Um, climate change just speaks for itself. And religion, I think I unpacked that a little bit too. Mm. And uh, before we go into details about the project, I did read in your artist statement on the MCA website that you said that you dreamt of this project, that you dreamt of an insurgent queer science fiction climate change religion. And I was wondering if uh, dreaming here is mentioned only as a metaphor or have you literally dreamt of this project? In other words, do ideas ever come to you in dreams? I literally dreamt of it and I think most of my best ideas come from dreams. So yeah. do you dream a lot? Are you a big I dreamer? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm asleep. Mm. And I think I often miss important things. But sometimes I dream just as I wake up. And sometimes I have the wherewithal to write down what that dream was. And then I come back to it when I'm properly awake. And sometimes, of course, they're rubbish. But sometimes I think, oh, my God. Mm. That that is what I must do. So you do hold a dream journal? I don't, no. No, you don't. And I how- just have, I always have a book beside my bed, but it, it is for all my ideas, not just the ones I have while I'm asleep. That's another question. I wanted to ask, <laughs> how do you, um, what's the methodology of work for you? Do you have a notepad where you jolt all the ideas that you have and then every so often you come back to them and have a read? and get inspired. So you just mentioned that you do have a notepad as a device. Yes, I I have always um, one book. To me, it's really important that it's only one book Mm. and not um, scattered in little books all around the house, which is my partner's method. So I always have one book and I try to make it as nice a book as I can. So it's always a pleasure to open. I use um, felt tip pens and plain paper and the plain paper has to be as thick as possible so that I can do some ink paintings as well if I want to on those pages. And what's your view on um, those books, those artist notebooks eventually being shown in exhibitions? Because that's definitely uh, something that many people respond to. Is it for you something that should be shown to the public or is it a part of the process that should stay hidden in a way? To me, um, I don't really have an opinion about should or should not, but my working drawings are mainly really crummy and my notes are indecipherable so I'm not one of those artists whose working books are works of art in themselves by any stretch of the imagination my notebooks even though I make the make sure the books themselves are really nice my notes are crappy (laughs) but that said I must say the curator of the national at the MCA Rachel Kent convinced me to draw my working drawings for the costumes of the religion Mm -hmm. onto the wall at the MCA and they're like eight meters wide by four meters tall and they're just my little scribbles so I I really resisted but I failed in my resistance and I ended up drawing them that big at the MCA and I'm a little bit embarrassed to see them because they're I'm not amazing draftswoman. 
And the other thing is I was a cartoonist is how I started my life as an artist. So I, I have a kind of anxiety that my drawings all look a bit cartoony. So, yeah, something has come out of my working notes into the show at the MCA, but I don't know how I feel about it. I'm sure that those who saw it feel very good about it and are grateful to Rachel for convincing you to do this. And oh, that's very kind of you, Ira. And given that uh, you have just mentioned costumes, let's talk about um, actual uh, elements of this project called Creation. It's a multidisciplinary and collaborative work, as you already mentioned, and it, co it comprises text and music and video and costumes and dance and much more. Were all these elements of the project part of your vision from the very beginning, or did the project grow to incorporate more and more over time? In other words, was the scale that the project is now in always envisioned as large as it is. I did envisage it to be large and complex and to be evolving and to be multi-sided. So the idea of it really is that it grows through its various iterations in different sites. Um, so I did always imagine that, but the actual way that it has turned out is much, much bigger than I dreamed of. It's, and also smaller. Why smaller? Um, well, for instance, I was really hoping, I mean, this is not to say this won't ever happen, but I was hoping that the songs of the religion might end up being parts of the chants that um, school strikers might use. Mm. But I guess there hasn't been much of a way to connect with the actual street-based movements yet because we have been prevented from gathering mainly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very, very proud and honoured to have as one of my partners dance school called Seat Dance, which is full of very excellent, bold children who are overwhelmingly school strikers. Mm-hmm for climate, um, but they're also dancers, and they have been very involved in choreographing the dance steps of the religion under the very powerful and loving guidance of Angela Goh, the wonderful Sydney dance artist. So it's very cool and exciting to have political children involved who you can really see they feel themselves to be dancing for their future, which is heartbreaking as well as mm. heart-expanding. What a beautiful expression as well, political children. I don't know if I heard this before. It's very powerful, powerful combination of words, political children. Now that you're talking about dance, maybe we can just backtrack a tiny bit because at the heart of uh, or the center of this climate change religion called creation is a liturgy or a manifesto of a sort and it's titled Liturgy of the Saprophyte and I hope I'm pronouncing this correct. Please correct me if I'm not. So Liturgy of the Saprophyte brought forward by the artist S.J. Norman. How did you and S.J. come to collaborate on this and what were some of the guiding ideas you presented to them as prompts for writing this text? Well, I know SJ as an artist and I have for many years and 
SJ and I have met quite a lot of times and we have liked each other's work at various junctures. Um, SJ is a big user of social media and writes quite eloquent declarative pieces on social media, particularly Instagram. And after a few years of following this, it dawned on me that SJ was the perfect and indeed the only person who could write the text that I wanted to be at the heart of the religion that I proposed to found. So I asked SJ to write this text. I didn't call it a liturgy at that stage. And I talked a lot about the death of truth and some of the things that I've spoken to you about and also how moved I was by SJ talking about Indigenous worldviews being the only way for the planet to save itself from the oncoming heat death. And SJ also has an extremely gothic sensibility, which I find very alluring. And I thought that combination of worldviews and aesthetic was really what was going to make the text very powerful and beautiful. And so I, I threw a lot of those words in the air and SJ took the words that he wanted and wrote this piece of magnificent text for me and called it The Liturgy of the Saprophyte. And a saprophyte, by the way, is an organism that breaks down decaying matter by eating it, but also makes decaying matter's energy available for other organisms to consume. And is she seen as a deity of a sort in your religion? Um, SJ, definitely not a deity. He is certainly perhaps a prophet. And saprophyte, is she seen as oh, a deity? Oh, is the saprophyte, yes. the idea of what would we call that saprophytism? Um, I guess that would be one of the principles, one of the practices of the religion. Because SJ wrote into the liturgy a number of holy orders. One of them is bacteria, one is fungus, one is the rat, one is the serpent, one is the spider. Um, I always forget one. Is it crescent moon as well? Is the, are these the same as the procession that you have on the wall of the gallery with iconography? Yes, it is. All of those holy orders are represented in the procession on the wall and in the costumes with the addition of, so there are six holy orders, even though the liturgy says there are five, which is one of the mysteries of the religion because you need some. So there are the six holy orders as identified by S.J. Norman and the addition of two further figures, which are infinity, mm. 
because there are eight chapters in the liturgy and if you turn eight sideways you get an infinity symbol and that sense of the ongoing use of our energy as live beings but then as dead matter that is central to the idea of the creation religion and the moon because many of the events of the religion are based around moon phases Mm. We will have a listen at this liturgy shortly. Is there anything else you would like to say as an introduction or should we have a listen? Um, I guess I should tell you that parts of the liturgy have been turned into a magnificent disco anthem by Stereogamous with their vocal track by... Looper J, the emerging pop star, and I'll try and get you a link to that song so that you can play it later in the show. Yes. But should we have a listen to the liturgy of Sacrified to start with? And Definitely. Okay. You're on ESED Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Symposis, where we talk about art and environment. And I'm on call to artist Deborah Kelly, and we are talking about her latest multidisciplinary collaborative project creation, a queer science fiction climate change religion. And we're about to hear the central text of this project called Liturgy of the Sacrifice, written by S.J. Norman, ESED Radio 89.7 FM. Liturgy of the Saprophyte 1. Exhortation to the Great Unseen We call upon the Bright Ones, the great and loving dead of our entwined lineages. We call upon those, and only those, who are well and resolved in spirit. We, the Carnate, make unto you an offering of our desire and of our sustenance. You who have known bodies and their needs, you who have no bodies on earth but ours, no skin, no mouths, no blood but ours, we offer supplication. For those who have known thirst, we drink. For those who have known starvation, we feast. For those who have known only winter, we warm ourselves. For those who have known only labor, we rest. For those who have known deprivation, we offer our delight. For those who have suffered theft, we move to restore that which has been stolen. For those who have known confinement, we commit to the work of liberation. We, the Carnate, seek your allegiance. We, the Carnate, render ourselves accountable unto you, unto each other, and unto our non-human and numinous kin in the co-nurturance of our mutual flourishing. In this working, may we sustain each other in wisdom and in loving coalition. So be it, see to it. So be it, see to it. Two, Horizon Incendium. We are the children of smoke. We who are born of burning empires. We travel as smoke must, forever skywards, perfumed with resins. We make of our fury an offering in the name of all those who have burned, 
who burns still, and unto the charred body of the earth itself. We who pack our wounds with ash to adorn ourselves, we who appear unto thee laughing, our mouths filled with blood. We who claim the title of heretic, of dissident, of faggot, of savage, of witch, for no fire can harm those who were born in flames. Three, Orison Sapientia. We cast out the exsanguinated delusion of rational materialism and its associated imperial artifacts. We live as haunted bodies in a haunted world. We honour the sentient consciousness of all things, organic and inorganic. We honour the knowings of stones and water. We reject the doctrine of knowledge as a practice of human acquisition and divest from all epistemologies of domination. We pay reverence to all our knowledge keepers in their untold multiplicities. We honour ourselves as knowledge keepers, each unto our own value and distinctness. We concede, as all knowledge keepers must, to the limitations of our sight. No knowledge may be held hostage for profit or gain. We embrace kaleidoscopic ontologies in the service of a less violent future. In the space between our many ways of knowing, may we seek answers to questions yet to be posed. Four. Orison Volnerasti. We honour the wounded and hold their knowledge as sacred. Medicines are brewed from bitter roots. Every body that has known destruction contains the codes for its own and others' restoration. As such, we pay obeisance to those who have learned the hard way. May all survivors be held and exalted, and may we centre their wisdom in the work of reparation. We repudiate all carceral and punitive logics. Where there is harm done to one, it is done to all. May no body be rendered disposable. We recognise harm as an expression of imbalance and of lack. Where harm is done, may each in the fray be firstly questioned. What is it, beloved, that you need? In the collective labour of justice, may we work firmly, dexterously, and with gentleness. Five. Orison voluptatum. We dine as the bright ones did on oysters and sweet water. We reject the oppressive fiction of scarcity and the colonial capitalist doctrine of extraction. We reject all labour which does not directly serve our co-nurturance and delight. We seek alignment with the true and rightful flow of collective abundance. We honour the erotic as the animating force of all worlds. May we embrace this as the truth of every beast and body, celestial and telluric, 
enfleshed and unfleshed, the living and the dead. We honour the sovereign right of every being to move towards that which ignites them. May we, the carnate, dwell within and know our bodies deeply. May we, the carnate, uphold the right of every body to speak plainly of its desires and, lest it impede another, fulfil them. May we know our bodies as sigils and as curse breakers. May we know our bodies as technologies in the service of the great work of pleasure. May we mutually support all beings in the cultivation and pursuit of their positive enthrallments. As soil knows decay and as all fruit knows ferment, may our bodies know desire as the wholeness of their wealth. As the waves love the shore, may we love relentlessly. Six, Orison Eleutheria. We declare the bodies of all beings as belonging solely unto themselves. We relinquish the illusion of private ownership of bodies and of land. We name all claims of ownership as acts of coercion and all acts of coercion as acts of violence. We name violence as any act or system that denies another being of its fullest expression of life. We seek liberation from the inscriptions of settler-imposed marital, familial and reproductive structures. We name these structures as extensions of feudal slavery. May no being exert dominance upon another and dare to call this love. We reject the settler colonial practice of partitioning land as a vile desecration, a grotesque perversion of sovereignty. We offer exhortations unto the great unseen, aid us in the undoing of this most malign delusion. We lay to rest these relics May they be cleansed and dissolved unto the earth. We seek to be restored in the proper expression of right relationship between all beings. Country knows no centre and no finitude. Our borders are rivers. Our borders are songs. Seven. Orison Tempestas. We embrace revolution as the highest expression of divine law. We belong to turbulence always. May we be supported by the great unseen in our relinquishing unto the holy force of continual change. Each unto another, may we be gently held in the act of surrender. May we move with this force in its most exalted expression. May we know this as our heart's directive. As it is within, so shall it be without. As without, so shall it be within. So be it, see to it. So be it, see to it. 
8. Praise unto the five holy orders. We venerate the holy order of the vulture, the golden purifier. From the vulture may we learn the language of thermal currents and their strategic exploitation. May we learn to soar and to survey. From the vulture may we learn the price of all life is death. We will not recoil from the wreckage of that which has run its course. Ave Cathartus Aura. We venerate the holy order of the serpent, the supreme originator. From the serpent may we learn to move with slowness but strike precisely. From the serpent may we learn to dream. Ave Serpentis Pythonidae. We venerate the holy order of the rodent, the maligned one. From the rodent may we learn to honour no master but each other. From the rodent may we learn resilience, resourcefulness, and to find our kin among the scorned. Ave Ratus Ratus. We venerate the holy order of Bacterium, the one who is named for the rod of the divine. From Bacterium may we learn, size does not equate to power. From Bacterium may we learn to be humble before the unseen. Ave Bacterium. We venerate the holy order of the spider, the vision weaver. From the spider may we learn discernment, patience, and stillness. From the spider may we learn the art of story as survivance. Ave Aranea. We venerate the holy order of the fungus the chthonic matrix. From the fungus may we learn the truth of interdependency and reciprocity, for this is the whole of the law. From the fungus may we learn to rise, to hunger, to part the loam in our resplendent masses, the briefly fruiting bodies of an eternal whole. Ave Mycelium.
Sunset Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Symposies where we talk about art and environmentalism. And we just heard a central text of the religion called The Creation. The text is called Liturgy of the Sufferer Fight. The Creation is the latest project of the Sydney-based Melbourne-born artist Deborah Kelly. And it is a queer science fiction climate change religion. It's a multidisciplinary and collaborative work. And I am on call to Deborah. I hope she's still there with us. Hi, Deborah. Yes, I, hi, Ira. Yes, I'm still here. So I did mention, and you also mentioned, how collaborative this work is. It involves poets, musicians, dancers, filmmakers, visual artists, and more. And I was wanting to ask you, how important is it for you to build this new belief system with other artists and community? How important is collective action as a way to step into the future? Um, to me, those things are absolutely crucial and it's unthinkable to not work with other people. I think especially if my desire is to participate in the great movements afoot now, then, you know, it's a, it's about being part of social movements and you can't have a movement without the social. Mm. So beside S.J. Norman, who wrote the liturgy, and Angela Goh, who you mentioned as a choreographer of Creation the Dance, who are some of the other collaborators that you would like to mention who helped you on this project and are still working on it? So the director of music is Lex Lindsay, who is a friend and an artist I admire. Um, So he is composing most of the songs which are written by the wonderful poets that I commissioned to respond to the liturgy. So Lex is a very much ongoing collaborator. We have a big event coming up. It might be a secret, actually. Um, No, I think it's maybe being launched today, actually. So we are going to make a musical event involving the public, teaching the public who come to sing one or more of the songs that are part of creation at the Sydney Opera House on the 12th of September as part of the Antidote Festival. Mm. So Lex is a really important and ongoing collaborator. He also is an accomplished collage artist, so he has been part of the process of making the new animated film that's part of creation, which is theoretically on display at the MCA, although, of course, the MCA is closed. Mm. Hello? Oh, I think we just lost Deborah. Okay, well, let's uh, play a tune and I'll give Deborah a call. You're on ESA Radio 89.7 FM. Right, we are back on air with Deborah Kelly, Sydney-based Melbourne-born artist, and we are talking about her project creation. And Deborah, you were talking about Lex Lindsay, I believe, with whom you are uh, about to have an event at the Sydney Opera House in September. Yes, we're working with a bunch of singers, wonderful singers, who are now part of our collaborative crew, who we love, and 
although of course we can't sing together at the moment because singing is out mm. so everything has become a little bit slow motion and theoretical again for the time being but we will be gathering and going on as we must um, another collaborator one of the poets that I commissioned to respond to the liturgy is Brian Fuwata, mm -hmm. uh, the wonderful Sydney-based, usually Sydney-based performance and text artist who's currently living in Brisbane. And Brian, who I think we're going to hear a bit later in the show, wrote a response and made a performance in response to the liturgy, which is based on just the first syllables of some of the lines and he chants them together in a kind of um, just as I so strongly desired a post-rational urgent desiring queer climate change religious practice which is very strange and rich very beautiful. So, and another collaborator is a poet, Jinghua Chan, who I know because they were one of the subjects of a work I made in 2014 with a hundred other people called No Human Being is Illegal. So, Jinghua, I first met as a nude model, mm. actually, but it turns out that Jinghua is an incredibly super duper writer and critic and cultural commentator based in Melbourne. Jinghua wrote a poem for us called Orison Voluptatum, which is currently being played in its karaoke version at the MCA so that you can learn the songs and sing along. It's a very sexy and beautiful song. Um, the films, speaking of collaborators, the films were all made, all of those instructional films, the dance film and the three different song films were made by the wonderful young cinematographer and editor, filmmaker, Alia Ardon, who is from the Seat Dance School, actually, and the um, Charmaine Seat suggested that I have a look at her films. And she's very clever and good-hearted and willing and with great politics and open-hearted and enthusiastic and energetic and imaginative. So it was just wonderful working with her to make those films. I'm hoping to make another film with her later in the year as more of the songs are developed so that we can make them into um, karaoke videos so that people can learn the songs and sing along with them. And did she make animation, Gods of Tiny Things as well? Definitely not. Um, the animation, The Gods of Tiny Things, was made by the animator Melody Paley, who I've just worked with to make my new film for creation. And she's an extremely brilliant animator with a very strong sense of rhythm and colour. Mm. So, yes, yeah, it's been a real joy to work with both of those different people in different aspects of their of production of making the whole creation work. 
And this animation incorporates the collages that you collaboratively made through, as if I'm understanding this right, through a series of community workshops you ran last year. Yes. So I don't think you've seen the new film, actually, because it's only been finished for two weeks. It wasn't, we weren't able to get it done in time for the opening of the national. So we had to show my previous film, its precursor, which is called The Gods of Tiny Things. So I know it's confusing, but so we've actually, The Gods of Tiny Things is no longer playing at the MCA. In its place is the new film that was always meant to be there called For Creation. And it was definitely made in a series of um, collage workshops, although the actual process was much less collaborative than I had hoped because it was so hard to organise sustained collaboration during the lockdown. Mm. So I did, um, I did try for six weeks to work with doing collage with people over Zoom, but it was so terrible. It just yielded nothing. Mm. Maybe I was terrible at Zoom, but we just didn't really get anywhere. So um, some of the characters in the new film for creation come from workshops that I ran in the tiny little windows in between lockdowns. Um, the most exciting, I guess, was that I got to go out to Candos in central western New South Wales and work with a wonderful group of women who I already know. They responded a couple of years ago to a call I put out for the Cementa Festival there to join an ongoing collage workshop. And they were so great and they did such wonderful work. I thought they should keep going. And I suggested to them that they call themselves the Candos Collage Collective. And they came back to me and said, well, we'd prefer to call ourselves women with knives <laughs> and I thought my work here is done yes so women with knives is one of my very important collaborators on the new film tell me a bit about the books that you cut into in order to make these collages I believe it gave you great pleasure to cut into some <laughs> of them yes it's really true I I collect old abandoned books and I take particular pleasure in collecting books which I think of as the scaffolding of the forms of knowledge that have created this racist, misogynistic, homophobic world. So much of those evils is enshrined and supported in those books. So I just really love cutting up old encyclopedias and... You, I think I just did a little interview for ACME. So I feel a bit insincere quoting myself, if you know what I mean. Um, but I, I know I said in that interview that I take great pleasure in stabbing the books to death and then trying to create new worlds from their remains. Mm -hmm. And you do it so beautifully as well. <laughs> 
Maybe we should have a listen since we were mentioning Brian Fuada, beautiful, now Brisbane-based, as you said, performer and text artist. And maybe uh, before we forget everything you said about it, and you did mention that he, in this piece, recites first uh, syllables of some of the lines from the liturgy. Anything else you would like to say uh, in regards to, the, to this piece? Maybe who he's accompanied with is Zaya Barroso and Keith Spencer, and also percussionist James Tovadros. Anything else you think we should know before we hear this? I think you know everything. We do? Okay, let's... I think you know everything you need to know. Let's have a listen and we'll be back in conversation with artist Zebra Kelly talking about her new uh, speculative climate change religion called Creation, which you can actually see at the moment at the MCA. Unfortunately, it's closed for now, but it should be open hopefully next week and it will be on you until 22nd of August. This is ESAD Radio 89.7 FM and we're about to hear a piece from Brian Fuata, part of the Creation. Weak. Weak. With you who you who for the for the for the for the for the for the we the we the in the so so be be it it see see to to it weak weak with you who you who for the for the for the for the for the, for the, for the, with the, with the, in the, so b, so b, b it, it c, c two, two it. We cut, we cut, with the, you who, you who, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the. For the, with the, with the, in the, so be, so be, be it, it see, see to, to it, weak, 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 you who, you who, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the, with the, with the, in the, so be, so be, be it, it see, see to, to it. Come on. 
so B, B it, it's C, C two, two it, we call, we call, we thought, you who, you who, for the, 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 we thought, we thought, in the, so but, so B, B it, it's C, C two, two it, we call, we call, we thought. This is so wonderful, and it speaks so well <laughs> to your um, description, another description in your artist statement, I believe, on the site of MCA for creation, is that it's a solemn conceit, a playful diversion, ridiculous and yet deadly serious. And I feel that that's been a part of your work for many, many years, and that you see the value in speaking about solemn and even dire issues through playfulness. What would you say to those slides, and, and am I correct that you see a power in this combination of both? I guess I must. Mm. Um, it reflects my aesthetic sensibility, and it kind of extends my thinking capacities I think mm. this particular combination of um, amusement and um, what is the other word that I want to use I think I I think I really love the prospect of street action and political uprising that is informed by all of the possible registers of culture. So playfulness and expansive thinking and research reliance and interest in silliness as well as seriousness mm. and I guess also to present the possibility of contradictory truths which don't cancel each other out mm. yes and what is the what is coming up for this project after the 22nd of August after it's showing at MCA I believe that that's by no means the end of the project no, it isn't. I mean, one of the things that's happening right now in an ongoing way is I am selling the liturgy on a series of eight holy cards through my website, creationtheproject.com. And by the sales of those holy cards, I seek to 
produce a print budget so that I can publish a book of creation so that the liturgy and all of the poems in their original forms and the songs and the future recipes and various other aspects of the religion can find a permanent home in print. So there's a book coming up and I'm hoping to publish that in partnership with the Griffith University Art Museum in Brisbane. Um, before that, the work is going to the Sydney Opera House where we're producing that collaborative public participatory kind of concert on the 12th of September and we're also doing a big procession supported by the City of Sydney in the magnificent costumes that were designed and made by James King who is the costumier and milliner who is a collaborator on the, this project and from there we're going to Newcastle for a big exhibition at the Lockup Gallery in Newcastle and in Newcastle we're also going to present a concert for the closing night of the new annual festival which is the new festival in Newcastle. From Newcastle we are going to Lismore to build some ceremonial practices around sharing and producing food and that will end with a shared banquet I hope um, from Lismore it will go to Brisbane from Brisbane hopefully it will go to Melbourne mm. um, and its future after that remains to be seen but honestly this is my main plan for my life now so I'm hoping that it goes on and on because this is really what I want to be doing is working with people to see what the possibilities are of ceremonial political practice. And I hope that uh, in the very near, near future we will be able to gather and sing along together all those songs that you have been creating with other collaborators, because uh, that is a huge part of your vision, as you expressed at the beginning, that this almost become a political chance of the future. Yes, indeed. I, I really can't wait to be singing side by side with people. Deborah Kelly, thank you so much for joining us this morning and taking uh, this uh, quite extensive uh, amount of time to be with us on the show. Thank you for sharing the liturgy with us, uh, for sharing Brian Fuata's beautiful rendition of a part of it and uh, all uh, the best for you for this project and uh, I hope we all take the world into a um, better direction with this in a collective action for environmental urgency. Thank you so much, Ira. This is a great interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you for saying that. That was Deborah Kelly on ESAD Radio 89.7 FM. We are talking about her latest multidisciplinary and collaborative project called Creation, a queer science fiction climate change religion, which you can currently experience at the MCA until 22nd of August. And if not based in Sydney, so unable to experience the work in the gallery in flesh, you can also head to creationtheproject.com. So creationtheproject.com. Thank you for listening to ESA Radio 89.7 FM. Coming up next is Pino with Syncopatico. Arts Mondays in Poesis, where we talk about art and environmentalism, will be with you in two weeks' time. Until then, take care.